We talk a lot about building wealth using real estate, and that includes having the right mortgage. Tatiana with Movement Mortgage is a local lender who is experienced in new construction, investment properties, and primary home needs as well. With the expedited underwriting of Movement Mortgage and Tatiana's experience, you can be approved in as little as 10 days. Call or email her for your mortgage needs. Titan Title and Closing of Missouri is ranked as Missouri's top title company for real estate investor transactions. Titan is your local title and investor friendly experts. Whether you're seeking wholesale or assignments, subject tos, Titan can help you with your transactions. Sam and her team have made it their passion and drive to give investors a learning opportunity to expand their knowledge in order to grow and succeed in their ventures. I personally use them. They're fantastic. Give the experts a call today. 417-882-2100. Welcome to the Growth Circle Podcast, where we discuss topics such as mindset, financial freedom, entrepreneurship, and more. Our purpose is to influence transformational growth so that you can live a more fulfilling, meaningful, and joyous life. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Growth Circle Podcast. Super excited about today's episode. Been wanting to get this lady on. She's amazing. She's awesome. I'm actually going to have Dane intro her, um, and then we're going to get right into her story and a little bit of her expertise. Yes, sir. So she is witty, hilarious, and compassionate. She is bold, strategic, and brilliant. She is Tanika Don. We could not be more excited to have you on. Um, a very successful entrepreneur author, life coach, and transformational speaker. Most importantly, with a very meek beginning, Tanika knew that there was more to life than poverty and welfare, and she has taken this incredible journey that she is going to share with us that we're going to get right into. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Tanika, let's get right into your story. Like, Let's talk about a little bit about your humble beginnings. How... First, let's maybe talk about where you are at right now currently in life, and let's then let's go back in time and talk about where you were and how you got to where you are. Well, I mean, it kind of like, you know, that's like giving the gold up front because where I am today is such a stark contrast to where my life really started. So where I am today, I have my own private practice, Dawning Bliss Coaching, um, in which I facilitate all kinds of growth and healing and just achievement, right? It can be anything from wanting to do something new that you've never done and needing somebody to guide you on that to repairing a marriage or healing trauma from, you know, when you were five. So I do all kinds of things. I've got a podcast of writing, I'm speaking, um, God, I'm doing all kinds of things. I'm happily married. I have my four beautiful or three beautiful children who've been adopted. Sorry, I count four because my husband's like a big kid sometimes. Um, <laughs> That's all all men. Life life is really, um, I'm living my dream right now, which is something, you know, five, six years ago, I would have thought to be much further away from me. It felt so far away, but here we are. Which is an absolutely incredible, you mentioned five or six years. So let's rewind because it sounds like you were at a very different place as short as five years ago. What did that look like? So it was really more, more like seven years ago. um, And it was what I call one of the biggest pivot moments in my life. 
And in order to tell you what that looked like, I really want to preface it. And that really does take us back, right, to the beginning. So to to give the story the justice it deserves, I have to start at the beginning. So I, I told Jake this when he and I first met. I was raised by a single mom when she was 21 years old. So if y'all think about where you were at when you were 21, she was 21 years old with four different kids from three different dads and none of them were in the picture. So coping with that, she turned to methamphetamines. Mm -hmm. So she was pretty strung out and I was three of the four kids, right? I was third in line and it was hard. I mean, we see addicts, but we don't see what goes on behind their closed doors or inside their cars, right? We spent time homeless. We never knew where we were going to sleep or if we were going to have a meal or who mom was bringing home that night or if she was even going to be home. Um, and that, of course, resulted in a lot of things, a lot of neglect, definitely physical, but emotional and, and mental, um, a lot of abuse violence, sexual abuse, you name it. Um, there was, uh, you know, being around addiction, right? My whole family, generations of alcoholism and drug addicts, both, you know, over-the-counter addicts and uh, street drugs. So I kind of I kind of was raised in a pretty rough environment, to say the least. Mm-hmm. And what that did for me, right, which in hindsight did me a lot of favors, but in the moment it didn't so i had a lot of inappropriate behavior because of it i was seeking attention in the only way i knew how right the only way i ever got attention as a child was when i was being mistreated or abused sexually abused and so that led to promiscuity i didn't have good guidance from my mother even though she did get clean i gotta give her credit there she did get clean she got a stable boyfriend who ended up being a wonderful stepdad and we got some stability Right. We were still in poverty, but we got stability. And and so I was still I was still a mess because, right, I had a lot of untreated trauma. I mean, I'm not even say untreated, unrecognized. Right. My mom still to this day doesn't recognize it. So you take this girl who's (laughs) kind of out of control without any good guidance. And I wound up pregnant at 16, just a couple months after my 16th birthday. And so I was your, you know, very typical 16 and pregnant. And rushed off to the altar because my boyfriend was 23. So mm-hmm. he's 23. I'm 16. Super illegal. And we got married. And then I had three kids with him back to back. And we got divorced uh, shortly after I turned 20. So here I am, 20 years old, three kids uh, by myself. It was rough, right? And I still didn't have, you know, I didn't have any bad habits like doing drugs or alcohol. I stayed away from those. That's that's amazing in and of itself that you had no bad habits considering the background. Yeah, yeah, it's. I still think it's a a small miracle. Um, it's a small miracle, but so so you get me to that point, right? And and I'm getting to uh, the real big pivot. But I was I was codependent. I was just really unhealthy. I wasn't a very good mother, but I wanted to be, and. Uh, I, I remarried again and was officially 23 and twice divorced. And so then I met my pivot point ex fiance <laughs> when he and I ended and it was really toxic. And um, 
you'll have to see some of my speeches I'm about to post because they're incredible. Um, I looked like I had been on meth and really it was just a toxic relationship that almost killed me. I was, you could see every bone in my body. I was so unhealthy and it was just from right. Ineffective, ineffective coping mechanisms as far as mentally, emotionally, not being able to recognize manipulation or gaslighting, not being able to stand up for myself or, take care of myself well, to not have any boundaries, to just kind of be walked all over. So that point in my life, I kicked him out, relationship ends, and I get diagnosed with cancer. I lost my income because we were in business together. I lost all the tools to run my business. I lost what was still an unhealthy but love of my life at the time. I lost everything. And when he moved out, he took everything we owned. So my home that I owned, thank God, (laughs) sat there empty. I scrambled to rebuild and I started dating again because, right, I didn't know better. (laughs) Here I was back at it. Uh, You know, next one's the charm. And somebody told me that I was broken. Somebody was like, you got issues. And that was the pivot. Uh, He put me on to Zig Ziglar and I started reading. And then I was so obsessively reading personal development books and started going to seminars. And then I realized I was finishing their sentences, right? These stories that they shared were stories that I knew, right? I felt not just I knew, but I knew these stories. I knew what it meant to pick yourself up and dust yourself off. And so that was when I thought, (laughs) this is, this is what I was This is what I went through all this crap for because I can be a beacon, a lighthouse for people who don't have it. I wanted to be the hero I didn't have and gravely needed. And I wanted to become the best mom I could be. And I wanted to have a healthy relationship when I was ready to. So that pivot moment of being broke and broken, and I know it's such a cliche statement, but that was so true, really completely shifted my life's trajectory. What I love about it is, first of all, I know so many people that make excuses for smaller things in their life and don't make the pivot or the transition to change their life around. Instead, they they play the victim, which you didn't play the victim. You were a victim and you didn't play the victim. You became the hero of your own story. What was it about that? what that person said that caused you, that just awoken something in you? What was it about it? Uh, I think that it was the fact that, so, right, we, we make up stories in our head to make us feel better or to fit the reality that we believe in that exists, right? And I, I, I knew a little bit. I knew a little bit about, you know, that my childhood wasn't normal. I knew a little bit about, uh, you know, that I had been a victim. But in my head, right, I was in denial that, those things, right, those traumas were really impacting my life, which honest to God, I think it did me favors because I got somewhere I don't think a lot of victims do get. But I was in denial that I was broken or there was anything wrong with me because of it, right? And it's not even direct trends. It's not even direct correlation. It's just there was nothing wrong with me, right? Like I was so in denial that I could I don't know, just be, do, and have everything I wanted regardless. And that showed up, right? It was really, I was really toxic in relationships. I was, right? I mean, they were too, because we attract our tribe. But it was when he shattered 
my version of reality and shined a lot of light on on my denial, I guess, because at that point it was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm the common denominator here, right? This is me. Oh, crap. So that would, yeah, he shined light on my denial of, I don't know, thinking I could, you know, have all this junk and be fine anyways. And it, it isn't taking a toll and it isn't me. It's everybody else, right? Which it was the way I was raised. You bring up a really interesting point because a lot of people don't have the aha moment. Like I'm the common denominator. Maybe I need to take a look at that. And you talk about a lot of trauma in the past. I I share a lot of similarities with your background. Interestingly enough, the more I kind of dug into who you are and, and what you're doing in the world. And I thought it was so interesting because it took me a lifetime to understand the trauma I didn't know I had that it seemed more normal to me or I could have it all. Like you said, I didn't really need to work on that or fix that, but I could still have this life that I envision. I call it flowers on the table life where it's like, you know, like in my mind, the ideal world, you have this home that has fresh flowers on your table every day. Um, and it's, it took someone or a, a, a whole, I would say, connection of some things that showed up that said, hey, you got to look at your trauma before anything started to change. And I couldn't see it from a mature standpoint. I I didn't understand the purpose in my pain until later. I realized that it connected me with people. And my experiences helped me be a stronger coach and be a stronger friend and be a stronger, I think, uh, encourager of people dealing with things seen and unseen. So you bring up a really incredible moment where you had an aha to look at things you didn't even realize were underlying, right? So after yeah. this whole like aha moment, you start, it looks like, you know, self-improvement stuff, right? You start reading books and stuff and that's good. That is great. That's fantastic. But at some point you started taking action probably off of the stuff that you were reading and, and consuming. So what oh, was what kind of, what was the transition from there? Um, so, whew, so but what I heard is tell our audience some of the action you took. Yes. Is that what you want to hear right yeah. now? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the first thing I did, and this sounds so silly, was I challenged my own beliefs about myself. So I discovered, right, that I did have a, a main belief about me, and that was that I was a burden. And so the first step, right, I learned something that said, you can't give what you don't have, and you will view others through your lens that you view yourself. And that meant if I wanted to be better for the people around me, I had to view myself better. So the first thing I did, red lipstick, huge his and hers mirror in my bathroom. You are amazing. That stayed there until I believed it. I started mantras. I started vision boards. I started all the like woo-woo bullshit that actually works. And then, (laughs) I mean, and yeah, right? I had to... I explain it to people like this because it's hard, right? I'm I'm not here to kid anyone. It is hard. I explain it to people like having a huge rubber band around your waist, right? A very solid rubber band around your waist. And the other the, and right behind you is a lamp pole or a light post, right? A, a power pole. So it's a big sturdy pole, very secure in the ground, 
and you got this big rubber band full of resistance and you are trying to break away from that light pole. That light pole being the beliefs you have about yourself, the habits that you've created, the um, things you don't even know you don't know from your traumas, right? The triggers, the the self-sabotage to make it all real. Those things and breaking away from that is like the rubber bands, right? It's like breaking an addiction. You want to and you're making progress, but you snap right back. And so I have always told people, and, and these are the action steps, right? It's first recognizing, what the hell is this? What's in my way? What's causing me to be this way? And then trying to fix or heal that. And then, right, taking note of it and saying, all right, I'm doing that again. I need to stop. What can I do better instead? And it is like a constant day-to-day taking of an account and inventory in your life of what is this being caused by? Is this helping me or hurting me? And just subtle changes consistently gets you to a new place. It's it's not overnight. It's not easy. It's not pain-free. It hurts like hell to grow, but it's worth it. I So just to make sure I'm understanding correctly, it sounded like you first need to become aware of your situation. Uh, maybe oh, yeah. some of your, the, the, par- the window that you look at the world at, right? Become aware of some of those beliefs and thoughts, and then you have to do consistent things to change those. So yeah, the first step in doing anything is, uh, is identifying it, right? And then acknowledging it. So identifying it's one thing. To acknowledge it or speak it is a whole other thing. And then to take the steps to begin working on whatever it is. And simultaneously, right, taking action to get where you want to be in life. Because it is there is inside work and there is outside work. And you have to do both. And that's that's it's a true challenge. But yes, it's first awareness. Absolutely, right? Identify the root. Acknowledge it, whatever it is. Um, oftentimes that comes with some forgiveness, right, for what you didn't know you didn't know. And then, you know, find ways to heal it and you know, one size doesn't fit all. There's a lot of different ways that each individual might need to heal whatever, whatever's in their way. Mm-hmm. And and I have a question. So you're taking these experiences, you're taking this awareness, and you are starting to formulate, probably subconsciously at first, that there's a bigger purpose for you in life. Yes. That you're not your trauma, you're not your past, That's and your past certainly isn't going to be your future. Yeah. And you start to think, how does Tanika help the world around her? How does how do you take this incredible platform which you're building, right? And yeah. use that to serve the world around you, which you've started to write books, you've started coaching, you've started to directly connect with people around you who who quite frankly, because of your story, they they can trust you. There there's a level of trust there that a regular therapist might not be able to connect with to bridge. And I find that a lot of times trauma, people who've experienced trauma and get through it are the greatest teachers, the greatest coaches. And so I'm curious, when you started to formulate who you are today and, and, and had the realization that maybe my one of my purposes is to help others and do it in the form of life coaching and personal coaching. And yes, you, you accurately described kind of the process. And I, I didn't know how at first. Um, and... It took me a long time because I didn't 
right? Still, that negative belief, my negative self-talk, I didn't believe I was qualified. I did believe, right, true and wholeheartedly that I was qualified to be supportive, right? To listen and understand and show compassion. But I didn't know that I was qualified to help people through a whole process, especially because a lot of my growth process was winging it and winging it cannot be duplicated. Um, (laughs) So I had to, I did end up going to school. I went back to school and, and I got um, neuro linguistic programming practitioner certifications. I've got like four certs, which are great. Um, I use them. They're just tools in my box. What can I've you learned... also just for our audience and for yeah. me because I'm not the brightest crown in the box. <laughs> can we can we break down what that means? Yes, this is this is fun. So both of you can go ahead and answer this simultaneously. This is how I introduce what NLP is. Orange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I already beat you to it? <laughs> Hold on now. Okay. So when I say the word. Orange, what comes to mind first? Fruit. The orange fruit. And Dane? Um, the color and the fruit, but splashing in one blue of, water. One of them came first. Probably the color. Okay. So that, whatever your answer is to that, is your primary, right, Um pathway, so to speak, your neural pathway. So that's the thing that has been most closely or predominantly associated, right? So if one time I said this and somebody said jail and I was like, what? And they had been watching Orange is the New Black. (laughs) So for them, right, I'm, I'm assuming they don't have oranges in their house or don't drink orange juice or whatever. And there's not a lot of orange in their house, but that was their primary association. So what we do, well, I do it different. I'm a rebel, okay? Y'all, I'm a rebel. What NLP is, is using neural pathways and language to identify roots, identify the pathway, and heal it. So I explain this to people like a trail, right? If you get off the beaten trail, it's probably got some junk in there. It's not fast. It's not easy. You know, it kind of, you got to take it a little bit slower. Um, and for a lot of people that less traveled path is less desired, right? Versus a path in a national park that is well-beaten. Lots of people take it all the time. So we have these pathways, right, in our brain. And certain words will lead us directly to whatever that is. So, right, if I was to say something about sexual abuse, both of you have your own separate well-traveled pathway to what that means. And that can create a feeling for you. What I learned was through my own personal experience paired with neurolinguistics is that it's more effective to trace the emotion than the word. So I was trained to trace words back Mm -hmm. to a root and get solutions that way. Um, But I kind of use the hybrid version uh, that I've created myself through my own experiences and studies of tracing an emotion, right? So I don't want to do this to you guys uh, because I, I kind of want you to. <laughs> do you want me to? Okay. Like, so, Dane, Dane, will you do this? That means you're going to be really vulnerable with me for a minute. Uh, hey, I'm and on if the he's sh- not comfortable, uh, I, I can be vulnerable. I'm too. on the show to be vulnerable. <laughs> let's let's go. Let's do this. Okay. So, I'm going to ask you to think of the thing that you can't talk about without making you cry. 
Okay. Okay. Can you tell me just a little bit about it? I was maybe between 10 and 12. And uh, it was the time I saw my mom call for help desperately because my dad and stepmom... I'm going to have you do me a favor, and I know we're on a, we're recording this visually, but I want you to close your eyes. Okay. Okay. I want you to really go there. I want you to see what you saw, hear what you heard, feel what you felt. If there are smells, let them come to life. And I want you to really be present in that moment right now. Now I want you to tell me. A little bit about what's going on, but more so, what are you feeling? What's little Dane feeling? One one thing for sure is small. I'm feeling very small. Okay. Um, Why are you feeling small? I was young. I, I was the smallest person involved in the situation. And I was in a basement, and there was a lot of tension and aggression in the air, and it made me feel very small and helpless. So you felt helpless. Yeah. And if you feel helpless when you're little, that tends to be really scary, right? Yeah, terrifying. Yeah. So can you think of a moment before that that you felt these same feelings? The same feelings? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Younger I okay. definitely have felt that same feeling. Um, I want you to go to that that memory and, and okay. be there. Let me know when you feel like you're really present in that moment, that it's 100%, right? You feel it, you see it, you hear it. Okay, I'm definitely feeling that. Okay, can you tell me what's going on? I was maybe five or six, and I was in a house all by myself, and it was during a a lightning storm and thunder and lightning were just crashing all around the house. And yeah. it was flashes of light and dark and a complete emptiness around. Yeah, and, and you felt uh, scared and small and helpless then? Oh, yeah. Yep, completely alone. You're doing a really good job. So I want you to take just a second and think of a moment before that, that you felt the opposite, that you felt like Superman, that you felt really connected to those around you, and that you had all the power in the world to do whatever you needed to do to protect yourself and those around you. Can you think of a time you felt invincible when you were little before this lightning storm? Oof, before this? Uh Uh-huh. Did you ever put a Superman cape on and jump off the roof onto a trampoline or <laughs> no uh, sadly i didn't uh, i mean before this i having a hard time recalling anything where i felt triumphant or confident um okay. trying to think back cuz that's pretty young that's okay we're going to we're going to detour for just a second we'll we'll pivot and try something different so okay. I want you to disassociate from the little boy, but stay in that memory, okay? Okay. I want you, as Big Dane, to step in the room with little scared Dane during that lightning storm. And I want you to tell him what he needs to hear. 
I would what say, would help him feel safe? I would say, I've got you. You're going to be all right. Yeah. Because no embrace, one's going to hurt you. Would you embrace him? Oh, yeah. Okay. I would reach down and pick him up and wrap this my is, arms around him. This is silly, but I'd like you to go ahead and do that now. Wrap your arms around yourself. Okay. Just as if you're hugging little Dane. Give him all the love and security and connection that he was missing in that moment. He's really little. Yeah, and he really needs you. Okay, now I want you to take that feeling of security. Did you find it? Does little Dane feel better? He does. I want you to take that feeling of security and kind of fly up above all the memories from then to now and kind of sprinkle that sense of you're connected and safe and protected just across all the memories until you come back to recording this podcast with us right now. Okay. I, I definitely can... Very awesome. visual person. I can see it really clearly. Let me know when you're back. All right. I'm I'm back. Awesome. Welcome back. Good work. So I know that is really strange. It is a lot of make-believe and play. But what you just did was you connected with right, kind of your inner child and gave him something that he always needed. And so now that piece of you, right, is no longer lacking that thing from that memory. If we if we tested it, which is something we do with NLP, and went back and I was like, hey, can you go back and try and feel all of those feelings again? If it was on a 10 before, it should be at a two now, or at least significantly reduced. And what that does, right, is because we have all of our versions of us within us, right? Like, sure, we grew, sure, we learned things, but, you know, little Tanika is still in here, little Jake is still in there, little Dane is still in there. When we treat them, we're treating our whole being, and it allows us to let go of those beliefs that aren't supporting us and to move forward. So the next time you might be triggered by a lightning storm, what you're going to remember is actually the warm embrace that, J that that Dane got when he needed it, not the fear and the sense of alone and helplessness. So this, that's kind can... of how a session with me works. That was not intended for this podcast, but Dane, thank <laughs> Thanks you. Thanks for being the guinea pig. That was super very vulnerable. vulnerable. Well, and, and what's interesting is you feel when you're connecting to yourself in those spaces, when I had my eyes closed, it was, I could immediately sense the colors and the feelings and I could even smell smells I didn't remember until now and yeah. what felt cold and dark and alone once you said hey wrap your arms around little Dane I felt the warmth of an embrace and I felt mm -hmm. me as my best self showing up for the way I wish someone showed up for me at that time and so then I, I leave that memory feeling a lot more sense of that comfort and that warmth, yeah. which is incredible. People can't see and feel it because it's through just, the podcast. I was about to say that. I was like, but, like tangibly in this room, like I could like feel what he was going through. Yeah. I, I'm just curious, producer Derek, could you kind of feel definitely. some of, yeah. yeah, definitely. I was looking yeah. back. And doing that, it too. That's yeah. amazing. So, super cool. So, super cool. so I was getting, cool. I was getting the goosies because it was like super like <laughs> tangible in here. 
Yeah. I yeah. appreciate you running through that with us because that's just an incredible experience that people won't fully understand unless they do it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. It is so powerful. And and like I said, it's while I do use the NLP um, to help me get there. Um, I've kind of became a cocktail coach because I do have, right, so much life experience to draw on. I will tell you none of, well, very little of my formal education helped me do that with you. I actually have a moment similar where I was hiding in a corner and there were a bunch of adults uh, snorting stuff off of tables. And I thought, when is somebody going to come check on me? And I ended up falling asleep there, very cold, very alone, feeling like I just don't matter and I'm not important. And I've done a lot of um, little me work is what I call it. And I went back and did very similar exercise because I can do this kind of for myself now. And I knew, right, I could sense it. And for those listening, they can't see what I'm seeing, but I could absolutely see your process of emotion there. And you did a great job of going there. I'm kind of glad you didn't, you know, like just start bawling on camera. But well, I didn't have. want to look, look like a complete wuss in front of my friends. So <laughs> I, I, I held back. But now, I promise the you, there. Yeah. Jake and the director and, and whoever else is, is a part of this, not a single one of them would have shamed you for crying in that moment right. because we wanted to cry for you and with yeah. you. No, I, I, I honestly tangibly felt like I wanted to cry for Dane. Like I yeah. felt that. I almost yeah. choked up. I was like, oh, don't do it. <laughs> You're a man. Yeah. Whoa, you know. <laughs> right. Not on camera. Hate yeah. that perception. Huh. Man, yeah. it is so sad how many men mm-hmm. are walking through our world right now doing exactly what you just said. Oh, I can't do that. I'm a man. But you know yep. what? Brene Brown says this, and I love it. She says, you can't do anything courage or courageous without being vulnerable she asked like navy seals and marines and and all the guys in the armed forces if they had ever done anything that took great amounts of courage without vulnerability and so men who are strong really do have a lot of vulnerability and so i love to see this i love that you did that dane it sounds like you've done a lot of great work with yourself already to be where you are today my hat is off to you. I know this work isn't easy. And that's and that's so that's why I do what I do, right? For that little moment, because now forevermore, Dane's life has changed from maybe 10, 20 minutes together. Of this interaction, yeah. This was yeah. super uh super interesting. I really am glad we did this. Tanika, it's so sad that we don't have you for more time because we might have to get you back on the podcast. Because I think you have so much value to add to us. I don't want to end the podcast yet. There's some different things I want to ask you because I know from a small interaction that I've had with you, you have talked about the power of the words that we tell ourselves and kind of how that can play into things. Can you talk a little bit to that for our audience and walk us through um, what that might look like? Absolutely. Uh, So everything we say after I am becomes true. And the reason for that, let me put a little science in here. The reason for that is because it... um, kind of like stimulates a part of our brain called the reticular activating system. And so if I was to say, I am stupid, right? Which we all say to ourselves, I'm so stupid. I can't believe I did that. Right. Um, Then our, our reticular activating system in our brain starts to look for evidence to support that. Right. So then all of a sudden you notice all the things that make you feel stupid. But if you were to say, 
damn, I'm smart, right? Your brain is all of a sudden going to start to look for all the reasons that you're smart. And so it's the words we use for ourselves. It's also the words we use for others, right? If like my kids, if I was to say, man, he's a real handful, I'm only going to notice the behavior that suggests he's a handful. And, yeah. and that's because our brain and the words we use really work together to create a reality. And you can literally change your reality just by changing your words. That's so crazy that you say that because it's, it's the same thing with visualization because I do a lot of visualization and meditation. And what I choose to focus on, my it's like our brains are super powerful because it becomes like it helps me get that thing. For example, and I think I read this out of a book, but it, it's true. I've, I've had true experiences with things like this is like, if you want to buy a Toyota pickup, for example, right, Dane, you buy a Toyota pickup, <laughs> yeah. all you do is you see Toyota pickups everywhere. Cause your brain is helping you. You're like, Oh, there's a Toyota pickup. Oh, there's a Toyota pickup. It's the same thing yeah. with the visualization yeah. and the words you tell yourself. Um, Cause your brain's going to help you bring yeah. that into fruition. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Manifestation. Right. Absolutely. So one of my favorite tricks, just so our audience can have some free tools here, um, is is to really pay attention to what we're saying and change it a little bit. So if you were like, man, I'm having the worst day, right? You could change that to say, you know what? Today's been a day of growing and it's definitely uh, given me some challenges to grow through and I appreciate that. Yeah. And just that slight change can totally shift the perspective. And that's really what, you know, some of the words, it's shifting perspective, actually all of the words all of the power of words is shifting perspective within our mm-hmm. brains to support us. I'm so glad you share that. Yeah. So instead of saying this cold is killing me, you could say, you know what? Uh, this cold is working through my body and it's a little bit painful as it does it. Well, and you know, not a lot of, I mean, this was a popular book, but it's kind of become, become less talked about. It's the four agreements. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's a very small Toltec Indian wisdom. Love book. it. It was one of the first time that I learned that words are white and black magic. And words have a very powerful effect on our lives and our environment. And even if you want to go biblical, in the beginning, there was the word, you know, and the word created life, whatever uh, source you draw that from. But it does to change your mentality, to change your thinking takes understanding your language and the words that you're using. Like you said, Mm -hmm. I am whatever follows is a very powerful statement. And so we we do a lot with vision, coaching and mission. And it Mm -hmm. all starts with words. It all starts with the words we're using and that we're, we're connecting with and and, uh, really more importantly, I like to teach on expectations. And people always get like really like triggered by expectations like, oh, I'm in trouble. It's this negative, heavy feeling. And I said, expectations set you free. Expectation is an incredible word because it creates clarity. And so even like finding a unified definition of, of the things that we talk about daily or, or um, ways to empower ourselves is, is one thing that really like fires, I know, Jake and I up a lot. So this is why I've really enjoyed the podcast. I really like to have, uh, so I, I coach marriage and couples on a regular basis, and I really like to have my couples share their understanding and definition of certain words because oftentimes we have a different meaning for a word and if you use a word that i have a completely different meaning for like expectations which by the way 
I hate that word in my office. We replaced <laughs> expectation with appreciation and we're good to go. So, right, you have a different meaning and understanding of it than I do. And mm-hmm. so I use this with all of my couples. Understand what that word means to them because they may yeah. not be trying to be brutal, but that might be how you're receiving it based on your understanding of the mm. word. And so, yeah. gosh, words do have so much power. Like we could talk for days on this one. One Sorry. last thing, and maybe you can talk a little bit to this, Tanika, because you're more of the expert than I am. I'm just a, you know, average dude with that. Wants to be cool. Don't but even dare. You are not. I just did it. Yeah. I just did it. I know. Dang it. No. I, hey, yeah. guys, anybody listening? I'm a badass. You're above average, yeah. dude. Just so you guys know. Yeah, you're above average. <laughs> I'm above average. I'm a badass. <laughs> yeah. 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 Woo, yeah. Yeah. Really good. Uh, but so, um, those words and the visualization, because like I said, I do a lot of meditation practices. So yeah. the visualization with the combined with like, you know, the words you tell yourself, if you can attach an emotion to it, it also becomes so powerful. Uh, just the other day I was meditating and sometimes like doing the consistent discipline day in, day out stuff. I'm just like, I don't want to freaking do it. But I like had this feeling when I was meditating of gratitude and I associated gratitude with being able to have that routine and have to do those, those things. Um, and I just associated gratitude with it and it was freeing. It's been crazy. My past few weeks have been like so much more disciplined in my morning routine. And I'm like, heck yeah, this is awesome. All because I attached the emotion to it. Yeah. Yeah. Shifting how you feel about things um, can can really make or break them, right? Because you could, for example, right? And I'm I, going back to couples, but you could, for example, right? Do the dishes every day, happy that you're doing that favor for your partner so they don't have to. Or you can do the dishes every day, begrudgingly resenting your partner because you have to. Um, and if you change the way you feel about it, right? And it's all a shift in perception. But yes, attaching an emotion because if you understand what emotion is, it's energy in motion, right? And so we like energy. We are energy, right? And so when we create a positive vibration of energy within us, um, we we want to do it, right? We want more of it. It releases mm-hmm. dopamine and serotonin, all the feel-good hormones. So if we are right thinking negatively about it, we're going to develop a negative emotion with it or feeling, energetic feeling, and, and we're going to avoid it, right? Because we avoid pain and go towards pleasure. But if we can attach, right, a really positive feel good, which gratitude is one of my favorite tools for, for everything. You can't feel another thing when you're feeling gratitude. And gratitude is one of the most overwhelming, like you said, freeing emotions. And when you're practicing it, it, it allows you to be in a reception mode. So you're receiving more things to be grateful for, right? Again, it's a reticular activating system, but it's also an energetic vibration. And I don't want to get too wooey, but it no, really... I want to go there for just a quick moment. Cause I'm like, okay. this is some hippie stuff, but I like it <laughs> because there's so much truth in it. So like going back to like, you know, energy is, uh, everything. Um, Everything. Yeah. It's it's literally there. It's like something that's in motion when you have gratitude for things and you do gratitude practices in the morning or whatever emotions. Um, Mm -hmm. but gratitude, seems to be the most powerful for me. So I love that you said that is when I do that, it's like abundance starts coming to me, like more comes to me and I'm focusing on that emotion. It literally like there's something in universe, God, whatever you want to call it is literally out there to help you out. 
by just feeling the emotion and being grateful for the things. Right. But you have to be in like a resonance for that. So if we're going to talk about energy and I'll, I'll make this quick because I know we're running out of time. If, if you if you wake up and you stub your toe, okay, and you're like, gosh, dang it, whisker biscuit, whatever you're yelling out loud <laughs> because that hurts. Um, right. What you're doing is you are sending off an energetical vibration. And if we know anything about this world, right, is that we have a couple of things. We have energy and part of that energy is magnetism. And what happens? We attract, right, other like energy. And so, right, not only did we stub our toe, but then we spilt our coffee and then we're running late and then we ran that stoplight or we got tail ended or I closed my car door with my charger cord dangling down the road. Everything goes wrong after that because that is the frequency in which we emit. Now, if you stub your toe and you cuss about it for a second and then you go do a gratitude exercise and you're like, okay, I stubbed my toe, but I'm not going to have a bad day. I'm going to have a really good day. And you shift that frequency that's emitting from you. You can turn a bad day around just like that. Like it is that fast by just shifting your energy. I did this right before, right before I came on here. I was dancing around like a wild hooligan listening to ACDC because... Because this morning, right, I had my own stuff going on. It was interrupted. I wasn't feeling in flow. And I really wanted this podcast to go well. So I was like, what can I do really fast to completely change my frequency? And so that's what I danced around like a 80s hairband to the ACDC. And yeah. here I am like, okay, I feel better now. Thank you. Well, and, and you got on so calm and centered and we were flustered, which was not common because usually we we have it dialed in and we were like, we need to get back on a higher vibration or frequency here. Hey, I already am. I'm feeling good. Tanika, yeah. you're freaking amazing. Um, I know we don't have a lot of time to go over anymore, so we're going to kind of conclude the Can the we do a part two though? Like for real? Absolutely. Yes. yes. And we'll be ready this time. Yeah, we'll be ready. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, so we're going to go to the final segment of the podcast and that's where we ask the three additional questions. Um, and honestly, I don't have them in front of me, so I'm just going to wing them off the top of my head. Uh, what is the most recent book you've read and what's one thing you learned from it? It's not the most recent, but it's the most, uh, worthy to speak of. It's called in the realm of hungry ghosts by Gabor Mate. And the entire book is about, uh, how trauma leads to addiction and that doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, the addiction that we see recovery groups come together for, but all kinds of unsupportive behavior and coping mechanisms for our trauma. I learned more in that one book than I had in seven years of other books about my trauma and my behavior. Fantastic book. Recommend it for everyone just because. That's incredible. Yeah. That is incredible. Uh, second question is what's one principle you strive to live your life by to always be the most authentic version of me that I can be right. So that came into question recently. It's actually in question right now. I'm giving a speech on the power of words and I wanted to include Dr. Emoto's work on how words cause crystallization structures to be different when frozen and I was doing yeah. some research today to find the photos I wanted to share on my presentation. And I found some evidence that says that's not actually true and accurate information. He found the crystals that looked prettiest within that uh, slide to take a picture of and present. 
and that feels dishonest to me and I'm not dishonest. Mm -hmm. So I now have to take that out of my speech because that's not authentic for me. So being authentic in everything I do so that I sleep well at night and so that I continue to show up to the world consistently as who I am. I love that. Uh, I also want to say I'm very familiar with that man's work and holy cow, you just kind of blew my mind there. I also believe you need to be authentic in everything you do. And I appreciate you sharing that little bit of information because a lot of things early on in my life were formulated based off of a lot of his work. Um, can I ask a final question? Yes, we got one more. And then we'll I'll, okay. we'll do them. What, do you want me to do that one or yours? I'm just curious. What is something you do every day to change the way you think, like your perspective, bring you back into higher vibration? Mm. What's a technique that you use? So I suck at this, to be quite honest. I haven't been no, doing it. No, you're amazing at this. No, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I suck at practicing what I'm preaching. So when I have a bad day, right, where I'm not feeling well, I definitely like turn it into high gear. But I'm not going to tell you like everyone else does that I get up at 530 every morning and I do this cold splash and then hot meditation. And I, I don't do that. I I. I'm real life right now, okay? I have three kids that I have to get up and get ready for school. I have to get ready before I come to the office. I'm juggling this startup of... So I don't practice everything I preach. But one thing that I do do more consistently than anything else is the Automobile University. I listen to books or YouTube or whatever to constantly be growing. And I think that being in that state, that teachable state is helpful. But the other thing I do is I do have a morning mantra. And my morning mantra right now is I'm, hold on, <laughs> um, I'm happy, healthy, wealthy, wise, and madly in love. Oh, I love so that. So it used to be I'm happy, healthy, wealthy, and wise. And then I fell in love and got married. And so now it's I'm happy, healthy, wealthy, and madly in love. Or no, I happy, healthy, wealthy, wise, and madly in love. And um, so I use that. And if I'm ever questioning myself or having a difficult day, I will repeat that a couple of times to get my RAS working for me. I love that. That I that was exactly what uh, I was hoping for. Go ahead, Jake. Fire uh, away. Final question. Now I forgot it. Darn it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what is the greatest piece of advice you've been given? Thomas, I thought they were going to say more. I know it sounded like I was going to have yeah. more. I thought there was more to the question, and I was like, oh, wait, there's no more. So what's the greatest piece of advice you've been given? <laughs> Um, to question what I know, uh, there's a quote out there and this wasn't right given directly to me, but, um, there's a quote out there that says you cannot grow until you question what you know. And if there's one thing that's really transformed my life, it was the the ability to grow. And, um, if that means I have to question what I know, then so be it, right? That's the cost of entry for growth. I'm in. So it wasn't advice given to me, but that's my favorite. Second favorite, I got to include this because it's just nagging at me, is something about finding our new normal. And I was asking some empty nesters how that was because I had little kids. And she says, you know, you just find your new normal. And that has been a principle that stuck to me as I have outgrown everything I know and came into a space that's so unfamiliar to me and what I grew up in that, right, it feels foreign and scary but I just have reminded myself along the journey that I'm finding my new normal. And just because it's uncomfortable or unfamiliar doesn't mean it's not healthier. So find your new normal. 
Thank you so much for sharing that. That was good advice. <laughs> it was, it was really good yeah. advice. What well, a great podcast. Thank you guys for having me on today. Yeah, we loved having you on. Where could where can people find out more about Tanika Dawn and probably schedule a session with you because I think it would be highly beneficial because yes. she's amazing, guys. She's amazing. Yes. Yeah. So my website, www.dawningbliss.com. And I'm on YouTube, or I'm not on YouTube, sorry. I'm on Facebook uh, and Instagram. You can reach out there. I'm just going to send you the link anyways that says, you know, dawningbliss.com, work with me. Um, you can pick up my books there. Uh, just a real quick shout out since we're yeah, here. Please. Um, this is the Money Mindset Makeover, how I took my three kids on vacation as a single mom after I left welfare. So you know what? You can do it. If I can, you can too. Uh, and then my favorite book right now, Healthy Relationships. It is some really fun questions that are proven to create connection with your partner. Uh, side note and kind of a joke, but gentlemen, you need this book because I will tell you if my husband is like, know honey, I do. honey, let's get hot. And I'm like, I'm tired. And he's like, you want to answer some questions? And once we create that mental and emotional connection through this book, our bedroom gets set on fire. So that wasn't the Ooh, intention. Boys, that that was one of the unintended results. <laughs> but you can get those on, on there too. Uh, they're workbooks. So to be honest, I'm working on my read book right now, one you can read. It is called Victorhood, believe it or not. And it's the power of being the victor instead of the victim. But donningbliss.com, that's the best way to get, you know, get everything you need is there. And if it doesn't have the coaching option that you want, just click work with me and we can fix that, right? I can't update my website for everything I offer because neuroscience has such a vast use. So good to have a chance to actually meet you and put a face to the name and just the yeah. time that you spent with us. Thank you for taking a moment to actually show our audience what you do. And and walking us through that, and it's just I can't wait till part two. And stay, yeah, I'm gonna say for stay tuned for part two because there's definitely <laughs> got to be a part two. Yeah, thanks again, Tanika. Thanks for tuning in to the Growth Circle Podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please share it with someone that might benefit. So together, we might influence transformational growth. Hey, Growth Circle listeners, what are you currently doing to generate more leads, sales, and exposure for your business? Hopefully it is digital marketing. If you haven't got started in the digital world, check out our friends at Primate Digital. They offer everything you need to get your business to thrive online, from web development and online advertising to social media management and filming. They work closely with you to understand your unique goals and create a custom plan that will help you achieve them. And to all of our Growth Circle listeners, they are giving $100 off for the first three months. So just go to primate, P-R-I-M-A-T-E dash digital dot com forward slash growth and schedule a free consultation to get started. I personally use them. They're fantastic. Primate Digital. Do you have a property that is in rough condition, has tenant issues, or a project that never got finished? Then you need to contact Homelink Properties. This Springfield, Missouri-based company will give you a fair cash offer on your property, completely as is, the same day you reach out. 
If you're an investor, Homelink Properties can also put your house in front of hundreds of cash buyers so that you too can quickly sell your property. Give them a call today, 417-295-0723.